Don't Call Me Girl Boss is an unfiltered perspective from women small business owners. I'm your host, Jessica Buck, and I have been a small business owner for six years and counting of Sunless Ray, which is a spray tan business. I have a location in Orange County, California, and I'm currently doing mobile spray tans in Austin, Texas. I have also started selling my own online Sunless products. In this podcast, I interview like-minded women business owners who have been through all the stages of owning a business or are just starting one. I hope the stories you hear in these interviews will help you become the best version of yourself. Recently, my small business on this ray came out with our very own self-tan mousse set. Our mousse is vegan, non-toxic, meaning none of those harsh chemicals you see in other self-tanners. It is cruelty-free and has a fresh out-of-the-shower smell. You will not smell the self-tanner at all, and the best part is it is literally dry in 60 seconds, meaning it won't be on your sheets and it won't be on your clothes. Our set comes with our buildable mousse, application mitt, and exfoliating mitt. You will have everything you need to have the perfect at-home tan. For our listeners, I am doing a special promo code, GIRLBOSS, for free shipping. That is all one word, GIRLBOSS. And you can purchase our mousse on sunlessray.com. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. You know, this week was a very big week. We have our first female vice president, Kamala Harris. And no matter what view you have, left, right, whatever it may be, it is important to recognize that we have our first female vice president. She's biracial, female. This is a huge step in the right direction for all women. And I'm just super excited that this is a possibility and young girls watching will know that it is a possibility for them as well. This week I have on Leanne. She is an influencer in Austin. She is also now a real estate agent and a model. In this episode, we go over her story, how she's from a tiny, tiny small town in Texas, all the way to a huge boxing event that took off her modeling career, to being an influencer, the struggles of that, and then capitalizing on being an amazing real estate agent in Austin, Texas. So without further ado, here is Leanne. South Texas in like really tiny towns. I actually graduated with 28 students in my whole 28 students? <laughs> yes. 28 oh my gosh. Students. Yeah, so the town is called Bruni and it's by Laredo, Texas. And then all my family is from Alice, which is by Corpus. So, yeah, I just kind of grew up in that rural area over there. What was it like living in such a small town? And, like, did you – you guys all knew each other, obviously, especially in high school? Oh, we knew everybody's, like, names of their cats, their dogs. Like, we knew wow. everybody. It was insane. Yeah, like, if we could – the town was so small that if, like, a dog got out and it ended up on somebody else's street, we would literally call them and be like, hey, your dog's over here. And they'd be like, oh, okay, we'll go pick it up. Like, that is how small – the town was. How did you like that? Did you like that or do you prefer a big city? Well, honestly, it like shaped me because I grew up so sheltered basically because it was so small that, you know, I, we didn't, we weren't exposed to anything other than 
that small town living, like oil field workers, um, ranch life. Um, it was also like big, like Mexican culture because we were so close to Laredo. So like if we had crime, the crime would be um, there'd be drugs, and illegal immigrants crossing the border. And that was pretty much about it. Like I never got speeding tickets. There wasn't even cops. There was only border patrolmen. It was that small. So did you, were um, you like, I need to get out of here? Did you have that mentality? Mm, not really because I didn't know any better. Um, so whenever we would go to like San Antonio for field trips, I'd be like, oh my God, it's so big. Like this is crazy. The traffic's, the traffic is nuts. Like, I don't know if I could live here. Um, and then like going to Austin, I'd be like, oh my gosh, traffic is even worse here. I would never move here. So it was just, I was just so sheltered and going to the city, you, you think like, oh, crime and traffic. <laughs> That's all you think about. But growing yeah. in, in a small town literally taught me to enjoy like the little things. Like at night I would climb the roof and watch the stars. Like that was literally what I would do. Or we'd go to like get togethers in a ranch and be by the fire. That That's just like what we grew up doing, the super small town things. And we had so much fun. <laughs> yeah. That sounds so nice because I grew up completely opposite. It was like big city, fast pace. You don't enjoy the little things. It's go, go, go. So mm -hmm. I'm always so envious of people that grew up that way. You, you know, it does shape you and it does make you – I think a better person to be honest. Yeah, you you literally like appreciate like quiet time. You appreciate um deep conversations with people because that's what you do in those small towns like I mean back then how old am I now? Like I think I'm already like 10 years out of high school, so I haven't been back in 10 years. And if I wanted to talk to my friends, I would call them on the phone or tell them to come over or they would just knock on my door without even telling me, you know, that's how it was. Yeah. And now it's like, we have to hit each other up on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook, you know, or just like a short text and that's it. So it's definitely different. <laughs> yeah. Where did your parents, um, did they, what did they do for work and did they grow up there too? Um, yes, my mom and dad were from towns that were like 10 minutes apart from one another. Um, they got married really young and they had all, there was three of us and they, my mom started having kids at like literally age 22 and she had three of us and my mom worked at the school as a secretary and my dad was a like a contractor like a a construction worker so it was it was an interesting dynamic um we i was actually born in washington state um because my dad liked to venture out <laughs> <laughs> so they lived there for a few years it's super random i know um so my little thing i like to tell people is like oh i was born on the Canadian border, but I was raised on the Mexican border. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, it was it was cool. Um, but yeah, my parents ended up getting um, divorced when I was in like middle school. Okay. Is there any like important memories from your childhood that like stick out um, to you or maybe like shaped what you do now? Honestly, 
Um, I get just like my, my humor, my really weird, silly humor is literally from my small town life and from <laughs> my dad and like telling stories and how excited we get about the littlest things. So being in a city, um, I get so excited about the littlest things and people are like, Leanne, you're always laughing. I'm like, I know. Cause things are just so funny. <laughs> Like, yeah. everything's just hilarious to me and it's just I don't know I think it's just because of how I grew up <laughs> but yeah that makes a big part mm-hmm. for sure especially your humor it's mine's all based on like movies that I've watched oh yeah that's awesome <laughs> what was your first paying job first paying job oh my gosh so it was like totally like illegal but I worked at a bar <laughs> I worked at a bar at like age 16 and my sister was the main bartender there and she was like hey i got this cute little sister cocktail for us like we need a girl to run around and do beer orders so i started working there on the weekends and i would make like 90 dollars and think i was so rich like like look at all this money like i can pay for gas and buy mcdonald's cheeseburgers <laughs> <laughs> so bad um and then like my actual like first legal job I had was Abercrombie and Fitch in San Antonio at the Lock and Terra Mall <laughs> for seven twenty-five <laughs> an hour <laughs> yeah uh, were you like the model that stood in front of the store yes I was <laughs> <laughs> they called us like the tagliners <laughs> Uh, did is that like your first like thing with modeling then kind of yeah because we they would send me to casting calls and I would have to go and they would ask us some questions so I had to you know start busting out the little personality um anyways I ended up leaving that job and started working at a tanning salon because it was better hours yeah and I like was managing like a store so it was just a little bit better um, it was still minimum wage, but it just, it was just better hours. Did you do spray tans or did you just do the tanning beds? Um, it was one of those salons that had like 12 beds of different levels and then it had the Versa spa. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I didn't have to lift a finger really when it came to it, but I had to like clean all the beds <laughs> and yeah. I had to sell the packages because you know people can sign up for like a month or buy 10 sessions or whatever it was and so that's kind of how I started like getting into sales and this girl walks in one day and she's like hey what lotion should I get so I gave her the rundown and I upsold her and she goes hey I like your style I like how you explained all the products um, and she goes, now, now I actually want to buy them. And she's like, do you want to work for this agency called high profile models? It's 25 an hour. And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Cause I'm working for seven twenty five, and I'm cleaning up people's dead skin cells off of the tanning bed for seven twenty five yeah. an hour. Like, no. So yeah, that's how I got introduced to like actual, like promotional modeling world. I feel like every model like that has like a career in that field has some kind of like moment like that oh I was discovered you know it was never like you were really like looking for it yeah for sure because I had no idea about promo world 
Yeah. How, and so was this all while you were still in high school or were you out of high school at this point? No, this was all in college. I was at UTSA. Um, so I worked at Abercrombie for like a year and a half. Um, so when I was like 18, 19 years old. And then I started working at the tanning salon when I was 20. And then I turned right when I turned 21 is when that girl approached me to work that modeling job. And you had to be 21 because we were promoting liquor and alcohol products. So it ended up working out. What did you want to do right out of high school? Well, I went, I had to go to college because from my tiny town, they say, you know, you either go to the oil field or you go to college. So I went to college. <laughs> I went to UTSA. I joined in on my, with my sister, Fallon. She's my middle sister and she's two years older. She was at UTSA as well. And we lived together for a little bit. Um, and yeah, I got my degree in kinesiology because I thought I wanted to be a coach <laughs> because where I grew up, it was like, okay, do you want to be a coach, a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, a firefighter, a police officer, a border patrolman, or were you born into like oil field money? Like, you know, those were your options whenever I was growing up. So I thought like, okay, well, I don't want to do any of those things. I, I want to do coaching because I like sports. That's, that was my train of thought. <laughs> so And so you finished and then the, the modeling thing just took off with that girl? Yeah, I finished college um, and I kept getting in trouble at those like middle schools and high schools because the principals would yell at me and they're like, get to class. And I would look at them and I go, I'm a student teacher. <laughs> and they were like, oh my gosh, they're like, you, you look so young and you look like one of our students. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should not go into teaching because I literally look like the students. So modeling was doing so good. I ended up getting married and um, my guy at the time, he was in the oil field and then he's like, oh, I'm going to quit my job. And he went to like a $15 an hour job. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. So I had to get a big girl job. And I ended up working at a law firm as an assistant. And then I went to like an, like a tech company and I worked in, as an executive assistant, got a really high salary, but I was still doing the modeling. Mm -hmm. So I was working like seven days a week, like no lie. Wow. Monday through Friday, I was working my office job. And then there were some days where I would have to like lie to my, my um, superior and be like, oh yeah, I have a doctor's appointment, but I was really, you know, going to go do a modeling event out of town. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, screw it. The money's good. And this is what I really like doing. And I don't want to lose my like status and model world. I don't want to be forgotten about so I kept doing it. And then obviously that really big uh, modeling gig that I landed was that Corona boxing modeling. And that is what really like took off for me. So like in 2017, I got asked to work that Mayweather McGregor fight in Vegas because TMZ posted a flyer and they said, oh, it's not 
octagon girls it's all about corona and they had a picture of me photoshopped in there next to mayweather along with my other model friend jessica and my corona model boss saw it and she goes oh girl i'm booking you for this fight because you you were on the flyer and i was like really wow that's huge yeah it was awesome i was like oh my god thank you so what event you were just doing mainly like promo events and yeah. that kind of stuff or were you doing any like modeling shoots for clothes as well um that didn't really come until after that mayweather fight because i didn't have a very big social media presence until that fight i got like fifteen thousand followers overnight because of that fight. Wow. Yeah, just overnight. It was insane. It just in a few hours. It was just like boom. My I looked at my account and I had like 25,000 followers and I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> and then that Was it all mainly women or was it both or guys? It was mostly men. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, obviously like the ring girls like we we were dressed in like little shorts and little tops but and then mostly men follow boxing and UFC so it was definitely mostly men um but I did have a lot of people from San Antonio my hometown everybody just like started reaching out to me and being like oh my god congratulations that's awesome and like how was it and I was like it was unreal (laughs) whoa that's huge I know I went from like the tiniest town to like a Vegas fight the number one pay-per-view fight in history and I was just like oh my god like this is crazy (laughs) so what do you do you wake up with all those followers do you immediately feel like you need to start shooting content and really focus on your social media or what do you do (sighs) so I have like a really intense story so while I was in Vegas um hurricane harvey was hitting and obviously hurricane harvey was hitting corpus area and that's where my family's from so it hit and then you know power went out flooding was everywhere um and then i get a call friday morning from my sister saying that my other sister passed away and and i was like huh Like, what do you mean she passed away? And, you know, like she had type one diabetes and she was in dialysis to get a kidney, but like her sugar dropped in the middle of the night. And, you know, my mom woke up in the morning, found her gone. And um, so I tried to fly home. I tried to book maybe like five flights. They all got canceled because there was no flights into Texas because of that hurricane. So one of my model friends pulled me aside and said, Haley, I know this is going to sound really messed up, but you have two options. And I was like, what? And she was like, you either, you know, don't work and you stay in the room and you feel it and you grieve and you cry and you know, you're going to be alone because we all have to go to work or two. She's like, you can pretend it didn't happen and just work and like do this damn thing and do it for her. And I was like, Okay, yeah, I like that idea. Like, I don't want to be in this room alone, crying, sad. So whatever. Long story short, I did the fight. I faked a smile the whole time because obviously my heart was hurting. I couldn't get home. And so when I did get home, which was four days after she passed away, um, you know, my social media was blowing up. I, I just wasn't mentally in it. 
I was overwhelmed. Yeah, understandably. I was yeah. torn. I was like, I I know I should have rode my wave, but I couldn't. Like I physically and emotionally and mentally could not. So, you know, my inbox is flooding and everybody's like, let me book you for here. Let me fly you out here. Let me get you on this model. Let me get you on this radio show. Let me like everybody was hitting me up and I had to, I had to ignore it all because like, I just didn't know what to say. And I didn't know when I was actually going to be ready to start doing that stuff. So I waited. And with that, you have no emotions. You have to just smile and be the cute girl, and that's all they want. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to show up depressed in my first go around, you know. So I waited a few weeks, and then I started booking gigs. And that's basically how I got through my grievance, actually. Like, I just did it for her, and I just started killing it. Like, I was like, screw it. Like, let's just go. Like, let's power through this. Like, I don't want to be. Did you quit your full-time job? I did. I had to because of the grieving. And then I was also going through a divorce at the same time. So I lost. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. I, I lost two people in two months. And my boss at the time was like, hey, um, you're going through a lot. And he's like, but I didn't, he said, I did notice that, you know, your modeling career is taking off. He's like, he's like, we're going to quote unquote, lay you off. He's like, cause we're not firing you. You didn't do anything wrong, but he's like, I really think you should go and like grieve, take care of your divorce and just go do your modeling. He's like, that's what makes you happy. Like, go do it. And I was like, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm going to do this. So I left my job and then I moved to Austin um, a few months later. So I left my job in October of 2017 and I moved to Austin in the winter. And then, and why did you choose Austin? I don't even know. Honestly, I just wanted to get out of San Antonio because I wanted to get away from my ex. And then, um, <laughs> I had, I mean, that agency I was with high profile models, they were based out of Austin. So I was like, screw it. I'll just, follow where the agency is and then Austin is so central if I want to go to Dallas and work fights if I want to go to Houston and work fights like the, it's an hour flight you know it doesn't really change anything um because when when you're a model and you're established in a town you know you keep getting requested in those cities but because I went national it didn't matter being in Austin actually helped so mm-hmm. um yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. I just ended up flying out a lot to do events. What other big events did you do? I did Formula One. Um, I did other big boxing fights. Like the, I did Canelo fights, um, Triple G. I did Maidana. So a bunch of just big boxing fights. Mikey Garcia. Um, do you enjoy those? Like, what's your favorite gig to my, get? Definitely it's boxing, like a, a thousand percent hands down. It's my favorite. Um, because it, it's just the energy, it's the energy. It feels like family. And then obviously like I'm Latina and it's a very like Latino type of atmosphere too. Um, so it, it, everybody, it's just awesome. It's like family. So every time I would go to a fight, they'd be like, hey, Leanne, how are you? You know, like handshaking hugs. Even the announcers were like, hey, Leanne, we saw you on that fight. Like, how have you been? You did so good. And it's good to see you again. And it was literally like family. 
um, versus other events that you do. Like I did Formula One and people come from all over the world for that event. And that's a big, big, big event because that's worldwide. And every single country is there racing their cars uh, at the Coda track. So the cool thing about living in Austin is that we have the Circuit of the Americas track and the only one in the United States that can host Formula One. So everyone comes yeah. and I was like one of the flag, flag girls, one of the grid girls holding the American flag. I got a little bit of TV time. So that was pretty cool. And it's like an adrenaline rush being there. I worked motor GP. I worked Lone Star Le Mans tour. These are all the motor events. Um, mm. I've done like Kenny Chesney concerts I feel like that's as big as I got, though. That Mayweather McGregor fight was literally like the the peak. Like I don't know how much bigger, bigger of an event you can get booked to work. Just to be fair with you. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't even imagine getting something like that. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> so when you moved to Austin, you just did full time modeling. Yeah, I started working banquets as well, and so that's like another branch of working with high profile models so there's like a promotional side and then there's a nonprofit organization charity banquet side and so what we do is like we get with um, charities such as ducks unlimited cca and we go to these uh, annual county banquets and we sell raffle tickets and we raise money for the organizations and then obviously it's commission based. So that's how we would make our money. But at the same time, we're raising so much money for the organization. Um, so I did that's that. Probably, that's probably rewarding. Yes, yes. It, it's like it's like you're helping them. And then they're also like helping you because they're giving you commission. So everybody wins. And it's often for the kids. Like the money definitely goes to like kids, educations, camps. Um, sometimes it's for like cancer events, like it, if anything, it just goes to, or like wildlife preservation, um, animal life, water life. Sometimes it goes to like cleaning the oceans. It's pretty good. Um, so I still do that till this day because that job, um, it's a very like high profile, classy job and you gotta be really smart and quick and on your feet and on top of it and have a really good reputation and be classy. So I still do that one. Um, but then I started migrating into real estate because, you know, I don't think I can model forever. So I needed a, <laughs> I needed a, a backbone career. And so I got my license right when I moved to Austin and I didn't do too much with it my first two years. Cause I used it as my backup. Cause I was still doing modeling mm -hmm. full time. I was still doing banquets. I was still doing fights. I was doing promos, um, golf events. I, I like also like caddy for the caddy girls USA. And so I'll work like golf tournaments. Um, I, I got a personal assistant job as well <laughs> while I was living here. Um, and that was pretty cool. Cause I met a lot of like real estate clients through them so I, I just feel like Austin is like the city of opportunity, just to be honest. Like you can literally make money no, yeah, doing, I agree. you can make money doing anything here. There's so, there's so yeah. much opportunity. 
what are so you were basically an influence well you are an influencer Mm -hmm. and you've gained more of an influence being in Austin like what are some of the struggles of that like do you enjoy doing that or what is it like being having a big following on Instagram oh oh my gosh so yeah so we can talk about Instagram so also what helped me with (laughs) Instagram was when I moved to Austin I got with the chive and they gave me a, a bigger social media presence as well because they have like over a million followers and I started being one of their chivettes right when I moved here and that's been fun too I mean I've been like doing all their like product shoots and modeling and you know their fourth of July shoot their their uh, Halloween shoot and they they have things for everything um so they gave me a big presence to and okay, so there are some struggles, I will say. So like, you know, it you don't really get paid a lot off Instagram if you don't have a million followers. Like I only have, I'm like right under 50K and my biggest client is Manscaped. Um, and I just keep them because I, I just, I like their brand. They, they like witty, funny, because they're not like a serious brand. That, but it's also like it's a male grooming product so so you got to have fun with it if you're going to talk about it you can't be too serious or you're going to come off like way too seductive and it's going to be a little too pervy so obviously I have like a really like sarcastic witty sense of humor and I run with things like so Manscaped like kept <laughs> me on I've been already with them for over a year and I'm like why do you guys keep me I don't even have that many followers and they're like you're funny I was like okay hey that goes a long way it does I was like okay I'm gonna keep being myself like keeping um a real true personality and character on social media it's hard because like what you're going through and trying to keep a personal life not all you don't always want to talk about it so I did talk opened up about like my sister passing away and my divorce and domestic violence I opened up last October about it. And I got so much love. It was insane. I I was so scared to do it. I was so scared. And it's so crazy. The second you are, you become real, like raw and honest on social media, the more people respect you. A hundred percent because they can relate. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I, I can do that. I can relate to that. I've been through that. Or I know someone who's been Mm -hmm. through that as well. It's not just, you know, a cute photo of you. It's like, oh, wow, like this girl has more layers and I like that. Yeah, that so, man, after I did that post, I was like, oh, my God, like I like this. But, you know, I still I still pulled back because I'm such like, like I said, I came from such a small town. So privacy is huge. Like I'm not used to everybody seeing me and knowing what I'm doing and where I'm at at all times. So I have to be careful. Like one of the struggles with with social media is stalkers um oh my gosh you remember when we had that in situation when I went to go spray absolutely. tan absolutely that is a prime example of one of the the scariest things that can happen when you're an Instagram influencer you know people can pretend like they know you get a fake google number and text you and act like they're one of your clients and then you you find yourself in their home and you're in a predator situation yeah, that was, I've never had that happen ever. That was crazy. Yep. 
So I'm like, oh. if you kind of just want to like explain that to the audience, maybe what we're talking about. Yeah. So basically, oh man, girls need to be careful and men because it can happen to men too. When you create your IG profile and you're going to be a business account because you have to if you're an influencer, it asks you for like your phone number, your email, all this stuff. You have to make your phone number private. You have to because they're going to get your phone number. And then they're going to be calling you and blowing you up from like all these types of numbers or they're going to just going to be calling you blocked. Um, So you have to, number one, take care of your contact privacy. And then number two, if you are getting hit up on your cell phone and it's women or, okay, yeah, if it's women and it's a guy pretending to be your friend, they'll always start the text with, hey, it's. I'll just say, hey, it's Brittany. I changed my number. What are you doing tonight? And you're like, Brittany? Like, yeah, and they'll drop a name that a follower that they see of yours that you are interacting with. So they're like, oh, she's friends with her, but she's not too close of friends with her. So I can pretend like I'm somebody else. So I'll have like Brittany Smith texting me and I'm thinking it's my friend Brittany Smith and I'm thinking she changed her number. So I'm starting to make plans with her. But really it's a predator and they're just trying to corner you and find out where you're at so they can like stalk you and attack you. So you have to be careful. You have to be so careful. So if you get a text like that, that says, Hey, it's Brittany, make sure you text Brittany's original number and be like, Hey, did you change your number? And that's how you'll be able to catch them. Um, or hit them up on IG and be like, Hey, are you texting me right now? Cause I'm getting a weird text saying like that, you're asking for my address or you're asking what I'm doing later and you want to hang out. And they also, they will never answer the phone. You can call them and they'll text you and they'll be like, Oh, Hey, what's up? I'm busy. I'm shaving my legs. And it's like, what? (laughs) You can text me and shave, but you can't answer and shave. Like they'll, they'll mess up. And then they'll be like, what are you wearing tonight? And it'll be like, Oh, a little black dress. Oh yeah. Send me a picture. And, and that is what the predators do. They, they try to act like your best friend and then they start asking for pictures. My predator asked me um, what bikini I was going to wear because we were supposed to go meet at the Deep Eddy pool whenever I asked to meet at their apartment pool. I thought it was one of my girlfriends and she's like, oh yeah, I moved into this apartment. I was like, oh cool, let me go to the pool and we'll lay out together. She goes, no, my pool's dirty. Let, let's meet at the Deep Eddy pool. And the Deep Eddy pool is a natural spring out in the middle of nowhere. And so I almost met up with her and she was like, well, let me, let me see your bikini. And I was like, oh girl, it's just, it's nothing. She goes, she goes, gosh, you have great boobs. What size are your boobs? And then I was like, wait, hold up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I call her because I'm like, hold on. And they're not answering. And she goes, oh, what's up? I'm shaving. It's so crazy how, um, guys always wants want us to be shaved it just takes so long and i'm like what like what are you saying so i keep calling her and she's rejecting and she's like what do you want and i was like this is not my friend taylor i'm like you're a predator and stay away from me and i'm gonna call the cops and then they try to text me from another number pretending to be another friend of mine And I'm like, what the heck? So I started texting my friends. And then the dumbest one was whenever they tried to pretend to be my roommate. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) 
and oh my, my roommate is stupid. sitting next to me and she goes that that's clearly not me <laughs> I'm sitting next to you <laughs> yeah so that is really scary mm-hmm. that's something you definitely people need to be aware of and that people are that crazy and will be like that on social media yeah and the other tip I can give is never post where you're at when you're there like if you're walking to a movie theater don't post that you're at the movie theater and post like the location tag because people will know you're there and they're going to go because you'll be in the movie for what two hours so that gives them plenty of time to go in there and wait around to see what theater you're in or wait till you're walking to your car um so I always wait like right after I leave or as I'm leaving to post where I'm at because I don't ever want to get in that situation yeah, I remember what happened with our situation that I think that weird guy like texted me like, hey, this is Leanne, mm-hmm. something about like a spray tan or something like what's the, where are you going for my address or my address change? Yeah, they were trying to confirm my address with you. Yes, that's and, what it was. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so and then creepy. you you hit me up somehow. I don't know how I think through IG and you're like, hey, um. I thought we were going to do it at this time. Uh, like, I think you were trying to like come from the time and I'm like, uh, no, that's not me. I'm like, we're still on for Thursday at two. And you're like, Oh yeah. I remember being so weirded out and I'm so glad it wasn't just like, Hey, yeah, here you go. Yeah, here's the address. I'll be there. Oh my gosh. That was scary. I know, imagine. Yeah. So have you gotten any more of those or are you just now more cautious with confirming with your clients? Um, I, that text, like, honestly, when it came in, I knew right away it was weird. Like the way it was put in. Yeah, the way it was written. So I don't know, I usually pick up on vibes pretty fast when something's off. So I feel pretty comfortable with that because I trust like my instincts. And through Instagram, like I just like will confirm sometimes like that way if I feel like it's weird. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you you have and to. Then, but I've never had a situation like that. That was the weirdest thing ever. And I've been spray tanning like mobily for like five years. Never, ever. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad nothing came of that because that could have been really scary. I know. You're like, uh, I live here. I'm not moving. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and what also is ugh, you have to be really careful with is like as an IG influencer, when people hit you up, and they're like, hey, I want to ship you some swag. What's your address? You have to be so careful. So you have to check. One, check their Instagram. Make sure it's legit. Make sure it has longevity and history and real followers. Two, check their website. And then three, um, if you can get them on the phone, that's good. I mean, you just have to make sure they're super legit before giving out that shipping address. Or get a P.O. box. Yeah, I see a lot of people just have P.O. Box, like, on their Instagram mm-hmm. bio. Or if you have, like, parents or a boyfriend, like, you can just get them shipped there because, like, no one's going to screw with your boyfriend, you know, or no one's going to screw with your dad's house or whatever. So, yeah. yeah, I have to be so careful. I don't give my address out just to any brands. Like, they have to be, like, sh- super legit for me to even consider it. Well, now you have, like, PTSD yeah. with it. You have to be even more careful. Absolutely. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. I, crazy. You know what? When I got my car, I wouldn't even 
post the picture of what I drive on my social media because I don't want to be identified. I'm just yeah. like, I'm just so careful. I'm like, nope. I just, I won't post my license plate. Like maybe I will, like some, some people know like that I just got a BMW and I wouldn't post the color of my car for the longest time. So I'm like, I don't want people to know. Yeah. yeah. They'll kiss you on the street or be looking out for that mm-hmm. color. And then that's how they spot mm-hmm. you, especially that creepy that guy. That creepy guy, yeah. They spot you or just putting <laughs> your license plate, they can look it up and you can tie the license plate to an address. Yeah, that's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just a little bit more about Instagram. So do you plan out your content or how does that, how do you oh do Oh my gosh, that? I am like the winging girl. I just wing it. <laughs> I post, like, I know a lot of people who do plan it and it's probably really good that they do that because they can like color scheme and be really organized. But I post as I go. I'm just mm-hmm. like, hey, if I have time, if I feel like it's relevant, um, if you ever look at my page, like there, there's not really a flow. It's it's just me and it's what I do. And it kind of is just relevant to the day of the week or the holiday. And that's just how I post. I just try to keep it real. Um, I, I really don't like, I don't want my page too fake looking or too planned out. Um, but I know if you are trying to be like really successful as an influencer, like if you just want to stick to one thing, like clothes like you want a model for like revolve and pretty little thing like you gotta have a page that looks good and people follow you because they want to know what you're wearing and how you're pairing it with your shoes with your hat if you're wearing lashes or not like there are certain ways but me personally I'm just like hey day in the life of Leanne sometimes I'm hot sexy <laughs> cute and sometimes I'm at the gym and sometimes I'm pigging out at like a restaurant or I'm at the bar drinking like I'm just all over the place <laughs> yeah well people like that too you don't always have to be super cookie cutter mm-hmm. super planned out it's a lot of work and it's not easy to get a bunch of content or know what you're going to want to even post in a week mm-hmm. like things change literally overnight yeah. like you know I posted on my Instagram something uplifting because all the crazy stuff in the election today and like I wouldn't have thought about that a week exactly yeah just stay relevant if you want to like stay relevant on IG like stay relevant be relevant post relevant and that's just it um I feel like my pages if I had to label it I would just label it lifestyle because it's just my lifestyle Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm not fashion I'm not um a fitness page you know, I'm not a meme page. I'm not a comedian. I'm just lifestyle. Like what you see is what you get. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What made you get into real estate? Like how did that idea come up? Um, uh, San Antonio, I was living there. I was on my way out. And one of my friends, really close friends of mine goes, Hey, um, have you just thought about doing real estate? And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, why would I think about that? They're like, well, you're in like promo sales and you push like products on people anyways. Um, and then they said, you have a big following now because of, you know, all your, all your jobs. So like you could really have a good lead generation system based off just like your sphere of influence. And I was like, Hmm. 
And then they were like, you know, you sell one house, you can make this. If you sell a house this much, you can make this. If you list it and you sell it like to a buyer, you can make this. And I was like, oh, I like how those numbers sound. So <laughs> I went and I bought the classes for like a thousand dollars. And then I just let the education sit in my email for like four months. And then I was like dating some guy and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you, you said you were going to get your license. You haven't even done anything. And I was like, oh yeah, I should probably do that. He's like, you need to do that. He's like, you have so much potential. He's like, get to it. So I was like, okay. So I started doing it. And then I started doing apartment locating to start off because it was quick, easy money. Like there's no contracts, mm -hmm. there's no offers. Like it's just like, how much money do you make per apartment? So how does that it work? depends. Every apartment, every property is different. So sometimes they pay a hundred percent commission or 50% or a flat rate, but the majority it's a hundred percent and it's first month's rent. So if I put you at the Bowie downtown, you know, an average rental rate there is $2,000, right? So I would put you there, you would put my name down as, how did you hear about this property? You'd be like, oh, my realtor, Leanne Garcia with Sprout Realty. Um, and then I would just basically send them an invoice and then they would pay me $2,000. Because oh, wow, it's one nice. month, the first month's rent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically how I did it. And, you know, they, they take like, you know, 30 to 90 days to pay out. I mean, that's the worst part about it is waiting for the check to come in and having to follow up with them. But it's, it can be really good money and you just got to keep posting like, Hey, I'm a realtor. I'm a realtor. You have to keep saying it. You got to post about it. So people remember like, Oh, I'm going to buy a house or, Oh, I'm going to, I want to move and I want to rent and I don't know where to move. So wait, Leanne does apartment locating. Let me hit her up. So that's kind of just, you, you have to keep posting all my, all of my leads. They come from Instagram or just like talking to people and telling them that I do real estate. What school did you end up going to? For real to? estate? Uh, Champions. Mm -hmm. Champions. And what made you choose that one? I know there's so I many know. options. Uh, my friend, my friend in San Antonio, who's a realtor who told me about getting into real estate. I asked her like, Hey, how do I do this? And she's like, I went to Champions, like, it's really good. And I was like, okay. So I just did it that way because I'd rather go to something that someone told me good things about. Yeah. I feel like you're, like, one of those lucky people that it just, like, life happens. You know, like, you know the people that, like, are in the right situation at the right time. Yeah. That's – honestly, that is – like, I literally just go with the flow of life. I don't ever force anything <laughs> yeah it's just like you're just lucky in that way and there's a lot of people out there like that and it's like you know opportunities find you and it's probably because you put out that energy and you're positive and people want to be around that so you get these awesome opportunities absolutely that is like honestly like my motto this year is like put out the energy you want to receive you know or like yeah. be the person you want to date like just be the energy you want to attract. Like literally that's my motto this year because I don't got time for negative vibes. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I always tell people. Like they are always like, how do you have a successful business or how do you have this, you know, success in this area? And it's just like, just be a good person. Honestly, if you do that, 
everything else falls in line because if you're a good person, you're being good to your customers, you're being good on social media, you're giving good vibes and, you know, just give and you'll get it back. It just takes some time, but if you have good intentions, it will happen. Absolutely. And people want to work with people that are smiling and have high energy and have good reviews and repertoire and all of that. So hundred yeah. percent. I know that's why you're, you're killing it. Like I started seeing my friends using you and I was like, Oh my God, you use Jessica. They're like, yeah, we love her. She's so good. And your product is amazing. amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I, appreciate I it. had never done a spray tan before in my life. And I could have called up anybody. I could have even done it when I worked at that tan salon, but I didn't do it because I don't know. I just didn't trust it. It kind of smelled funny. Like people were blotchy. The machine would mess up. I was like, ah. And then, and I always told myself, <laughs> if I'm going to get a spray tan, I want someone to like manually do it and get all the, like, all the corners Mm -hmm. so yeah when you hit me up that you do them and you're like oh it's organic I was like yeah I don't want clogged skin pores like no yeah no yeah (laughs) and then I saw your page and I saw how the girls looked and I was like wow that looks really good because you know I'm I'm pretty like olive skin tone and I can't have like the reds I don't want that red undertone and yours looks very like natural and brown and olive color so I was like absolutely I want to try this and so thank you for reaching out yeah of all my friends that do it they love you they love you so much Oh, they're so sweet. They're all so nice. Your little, I see like you post about them on Instagram all the time and you guys are like such a cute little group. Uh, yeah, we definitely like all lift each other up and we're always referring each other to all of our like little uh, beauty secrets like lash girls, uh, nail techs, um, like Botox. Like we literally is like, oh, who do you use for mm-hmm. that? And who do you use for that? What gym do you go to? And where do you get that clothes? Like we're always throwing referrals out to each other. Where do you get your hair done? Like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a small community, but it's like family. I love it. Yeah. So a little bit more about real estate. Like how is it like becoming a real estate agent? Is it nerve wracking in the beginning or is it because like you had your modeling, like you knew you had some money coming in oh, yeah. and then real estate was like your side gig. Yeah. So at first you feel like a lost puppy because you're like, how do I even like start talking to people comfortably about real estate? Because if someone wants to buy a house and they don't know anything about it and they're coming up to you, they, and you're saying, Hey, I'm an agent. The first questions they're going to ask is how's the market? Well, if you are a new agent, you don't know how the market is. <laughs> you don't have any experience. You're like, uh. <laughs> um, uh, so the market, um, like you, there's money. It's and great. Things are over a hundred grand, and uh, give me money. Like, like, what do you say? What do yeah. you say? Like, yeah, I heard Austin's growing. Like, you say what you hear everybody say, and you don't sound smart. You really don't sound smart. So. You know, when I first got into it, I got with like this little boutique brokerage and um, I think we had bigger hopes and dreams for me there, but it just didn't go well because one, I didn't apply myself. And then two, they, they just didn't really have like, 
a good like lead generating system and the atmosphere was really like what there was really no atmosphere because no one was really going to the office and it just like wasn't a good setup for me personally it was I felt like that brokerage was a good setup for someone who was experienced and someone who mm -hmm. you know worked on their own didn't need help so I started, I kept like doing modeling, da, 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 da. And then I even got like this little like social media marketing job with this um, dermatology company. Oh yeah. I think when I spray tanned you, you were doing Yeah. That. And they were like, yeah, run our social media. Like you're a social media guru. Like, will you do this for us? And I was like, sure. So I was starting to go to events and I was talking about dermatology <laughs> and it was very different, but you know, I taught them a few things about like marketing and posting and stuff, but then the pandemic happened. So thank God I saved a bunch of my money and, um, halfway through the pandemic, I said, you know what, I'm going to switch brokerages and I'm going to grind. Like, I'm like, I don't have to commit to well, because there was no model, right? Zero. There, we went, I was predicted oh. to make like literally over 10 grand a month. I had set up each month over 10 grand um, for my spring. Like I was about to bring in probably like 40K in, in three months. And that's what I had predicted. That's what all the modeling events I had lined up plus my, um, social media marketing job plus manscaped like all of this accumulated and it was going to be so much money and I was so excited for 2020 because I was like I'm gonna be a baller and then the freaking <laughs> pandemic hit and my social media marketing job literally basically I got furloughed and then all events canceled so I went from projecting to make like 40k to literally like nothing I was like, holy wow. shit. Like I had to apply for that government funding and that was like 3K a month. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm getting 3K a month and I'm not doing anything. I'm frolicking in my kitchen. Like we were, we would literally can't well, even go But anywhere. you know what? Like the money, that's what it was there for. It was for people that got put out of work because of the pandemic. So money was, mm -hmm. I mean, Thank God for that. Thank God for that funding or I would have totally sank. But we weren't even going out. That's the thing. Like yeah. We weren't going out. We weren't spending money. The only thing you're spending money on was food and, yeah. and alcohol. Bills. So honestly, like I, I like saved my, I think I like saved and made money during the pandemic because of government funding and because lack of spending. Me too. I was able to save a good amount. I mean, I wasn't spending any of my money. There was nothing to do. And I knew I needed to get my savings back because I was like, shit, if this happens again, I need to make sure that absolutely. So yeah, so I got my ass into real estate mode and I contacted my friend Cody Cooper, who um, owns and he's a broker here at Sprout Realty. I had interviewed with him two years ago when I first got my license and it just sounded too intimidating because he was like, look, here at Sprout, we grind, like we're in the office every day. Like you got to get on the phone, you got to call leads, like you got to produce if you want to work for me, like we hustle here, we make money. And I was like, well, I am new and I still model a lot <laughs> and I don't want to be in the office every day. Like that was how I started.
And so I was like, you know what? I think it's time to get on like sprout mode. And I'm, I literally called him. I said, hey, I'm ready. And he goes, all right, come in for your quote unquote interview, Leanne. I was like, okay. Because he knew, he knew me and he, he knows like, <laughs> yeah. I hustle and I have a lot of leads. So I come in and he's like, all right, well, when do you want to start? I was like, now. So we like switched my license over immediately, like not even 24 hours. And I just started getting to work and literally my first week at Sprout Royalty, I put two houses under contract and, and two wow. leases. And everybody's like, what the heck? I was like, I don't know. It's that Sprout energy, man. Like this, this brokerage is amazing. Like it's, it's literally cause they put out such an amazing energy and like they're getting it back with their agents. Like, it's awesome here. I'm not going to lie. Like, mm -hmm. I love it. I love coming into the office. I've never loved coming into the office until I started working for Sprout Realty. That's awesome. You need to find that right environment oh, yeah. for you. And our office is, like, right on South Lamar. So we're, like, I think I've drove yeah. past it. So we're by, like, all the food. So it's not like we're far out where it's, like, oh, I got to drive the office and there's nothing out there. And it's lame. Like, no, we're very central. So if a client calls me and they're like, hey, I want to go see these houses, boom, I jump in my car and anywhere is like 20 minutes or less. So mm -hmm. it's all around. It's good. Well, that's awesome. So you're doing great with yeah. real estate and you're just focusing on that. And then the modeling gigs are starting to yes, pick up, Yes, I'm starting up, to get right? so busy. I mean, you and I had to push this podcast because yeah. I literally, I went from getting my hair done in the morning, scheduling showings. Then going to showings, coming here, writing. I got a listing. So I started writing a listing agreement. Then one of our leases that was located in Pflugerville, we got renters for it. So I had to start building that lease agreement and sending that out to the owner. So literally, like, my day is, like, slammed from morning to night. That's good though. I mean, and you're yeah. happy. Like that's the goal. Yes, I'm in a good place. And October was like my best month. I had five total closings and like four leases. And it was, it, wow. girl, it, the money was good. <laughs> <laughs> how do you balance it all? Like how are you dealing with all of that? All the new work and everything uh, opening my back Apple up? calendar. That's how I manage it. <laughs> Every time someone's like, Julia, what are you doing later? Like the first thing I do every day or anytime anybody says, hey, what are you doing? Or what are you going to do? Or do you want to hang out? I immediately open my calendar because it's like anytime someone's like, hey, let's hang out on Tuesday at 10 p.m. I have to put it in my calendar because it's like, you know, you're talking to clients mm -hmm. all day. You're talking to agencies for events. Um, I'm still good in good contact with uh, this guy I used a personal assistant for. I'm actually going to work for him on Saturday morning and help him host a brunch. And he's going to pay me to do it. So it's like he hit me up and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like work is coming from all angles. And you have to just stay organized and you have to make sure not to overcommit. And you also have to give yourself time in between things. Like I told you earlier, hey, I'm going to these listings, but. I need like two hours after just in case I, I have to write an offer. You know, you can't just mm -hmm. like slam your schedule up because then you're not giving yourself any room for error or room for growth. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, true. it's all about the calendar. 
<laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, uh, investing. <laughs> you want to start investing in properties? Yeah, or just like, I don't even know. Maybe if I can just hustle really hard for these next few years, like hustle really, really hard. My goal is to have enough money to where I can be an investor, like maybe see someone who has a company that needs help and I can help fund it. Like, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, like, I don't even have to work. I'm just sitting there investing all day and watching my money grow. <laughs> that's like the goal. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I want to retire my mom. She's worked all her life and she's, you know, divorced, never remarried. And she's just never had a man pay for her or anything. And I just want to retire her and give her a monthly allowance and her just be good and set. Mm -hmm. Do you want to invest in other properties or just like in business? I do. I just have to continue to learn. Um, one of our colleagues here at Sprout, um, they bought a few properties and I think he's just doing one so far. And I went with them to... I guess like the flip appointment. So, you know, they, they sit there with a designer and an, um, a remodeling agent, basically like someone who's going to tear down walls and put in cabinets and paint and all that. So I was watching the flip process and I'm just like, you know, I'm right now I'm just learning. I'm like, do I want to invest in properties or like, what do I want to do? It's a lot of work. We bought our house and it's basically a flip and we're living oh. in it at the same time. And it is so yeah. difficult. Yeah. Is it, or do I want to do that? Do I want to buy a house that I would have to like live in and remodel as I go? Or do I just want to buy strictly for flip and not live in it? Do I want to buy a house that's ready to be moved in to live in it for two years and then put a renter in it and make yeah that's, that's what, <laughs> what we're doing yeah, I, I have an invest I have actually several buyers that they want to buy a home they want to live in it for like a year or two and then they want to leave Austin because Austin if you're not from here and you're young you're not thinking you're gonna stay here for the rest of your life you're like I'm gonna be here for a few years I'm gonna make a bunch of money I'm gonna invest and then I'm gonna leave and then my money's gonna grow that's what I'm seeing right now um Really? I love Austin. I don't think I really? live anywhere Really? That's else. good to hear. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I just, you know, just with some of the, the crowd that I see, like, downtown, they're like, no, I couldn't raise a family here. It's too, like, fun. Like, it's too many some temptations. Like, you would have to meet. Oh, my gosh. The temptations are everywhere. I grew up in some oh, Orange yeah. County, California, mm -hmm. and it was more temptations this is very more wholesome it's just like it's where you true. came That's from true. though yeah like i think if i want to like raise a family i would have to move to like westlake or san antonio or like the mm -hmm. the burbs sure. in dallas like you know like when i think family i think like i need to get away from downtown <laughs> yeah i live south like mm -hmm. 25 minutes um outside of downtown and it's like there's so many small families, super safe. We love our oh, neighborhood for sure. Oh, that's a good sure. investment area too. Like that's hot on the market right now. Houses are selling for like 
350 and then they're flipping for like 450 in like a year or two. Yeah, our house has already made like a hundred grand and we haven't even oh my gosh that's gonna be a good payday (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah it's crazy i don't even think it would grow that just changing the color of your house like on the outside like painting it white adds so much value so much like i'm learning so much right Mm -hmm. now like i am nowhere near to investing in a a property but i am literally gathering as, as much data as I can right now so when I do I'm ready (laughs) yeah that's amazing you're in a great position to be in and sound like you're surrounded by great people who are going to give you some awesome tips and be able to invest or do whatever you want in a few years I'm excited um so how is your tanning business going it's going good with the pandemic I was hit pretty hard as well um it's uh October is when it really started picking up. September, October, and then this month it was real. Um, is getting good as well. It's slow this week because the elections. I just think it's going oh to so out right now. But I know, I but um, it's picking up fast. I'm gaining a lot of clientele and getting referrals. So it's going good. I'm excited for like to pick up some momentum. I'm just hoping we don't shut down again. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, maybe next. I'll hit you up next week because I'll probably want to spray tan soon. <laughs> yeah, I would love to spray tan you. Just DM me whenever. Do you have any other questions for me or anything else you'd like to leave the audience with before um, we close out? No, not really. I mean, like, the only thing I could say is, you know, whoever is out there, like, struggling or lost, um, all I can say is, like, yeah, just put out the energy you want to receive. And if you know if you have someone in your corner that can help you like starting a business or getting into real estate or like you like starting a, a tanning thing like business, do it. Like just make the leap. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. That's the biggest thing is just doing it and not thinking about it and, and then figure it out. You know what? what? And I've there's learned. nothing <laughs> wrong with falling on your face because you will, everybody, you will have friends to pick you up. And it will be a lesson and it will make you want to work harder. I agree. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm so glad you came on. Where can people follow you on I'm Instagram? at Miss Leanne Ray. And it's M-I-S-S-L-E-A-N-N-E-R-A-E. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you again for coming on. And yeah, just DM me if you want to spray tan. And I'm just thankful you came on and shared your story. And I'm so excited to see what you do in the future. Okay, thank you so much. You too. You're welcome. Have a great night. Okay, bye. So that was our second guest, Danielle. I hope you really enjoyed it and got some awesome takeaways and just learned something that you can apply to your life today. Um, I have another interview every Sunday, and I'm super excited for our next guest. And if you enjoyed this, just please subscribe and leave me a review and follow us on Instagram at Don't Call Me Girl Boss. And thank you again for listening.